0: It's third down. Hello and welcome to It's Third Down, an NFL podcast brought to you by fans from the UK. I am Adam, your Bills fan. Hello and joined with me this week is Adam, the Titans fan. Hello. So we have a little bit of a different episode this week. Um, as mentioned last week on the on the previous episode, um, the... The regular season, the postseason has kind of been and gone. The only thing we've got to look forward to now is the Super Bowl. However, there is that little weak gap in between uh, the end of the playoffs and the Super Bowl starting, which leads us to the Pro Bowl. Um, Pro Bowl in previous years has been um, like a kind of just a, an all-out sort of game. Um, the the best from the AFC, the best from the NFC kind of get-together, and it was always kind of a full-tilt game and and... It was kind of fun and enjoyable to watch. Uh, since then, it mm. has changed somewhat. Well, the the previous ones in many years previous okay, yeah, was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but since them changing it, um, it hasn't been so fun. Um, but we can talk in, about that. We can jump into, into how it's been, what our thoughts are on this one. Um, there are many different categories they've kind of... Separated some skill games into which we will break them down one by one and then it is finished by a game of flag football Which I think loads of people have differing opinions on so without further ado, let's um, Jump into the first game. So this started off the Thursday uh, and it's precision passing. So this is um, Quarterbacks from around the league Um obviously they are selected for the the Pro Bowl and Representing the AFC in this one, you had C.J. Stroud, Gardner Minshew, and Tua Tagovailoa, and then in the NFC you had Baker Mayfield, uh, Geno Smith, and Jalen Hurts. Uh, what did you make of this one, Adam?
1: Um, it's just obviously it's a different context for a quarterback just to be throwing ball after ball after ball, but um, yeah, it's I just find it really entertaining. Obviously, the main thing that I like from the sport is your big pass plays um yes so it's kind of an extension of that but with it feels like I don't know school games just remind me of old school computer games and um yeah whatever so it's just like watching stuff like that so I like school games anyway um watching this it's I mean Obviously, they are the quarterbacks that are representing it. Not everyone's involved in it, so it's what mm-hmm. it is in that sense. Um, we'll go through points in a minute, but the the gist of it is uh, different points values targets that people are throwing for. Obviously, the ones that are further away score your higher points. You've got moving targets as well. Um, it was just fun. It was just just yeah. a fun little game. <laughs>
0: yeah i I enjoyed it. I thought like you where you play video games and you get little bonus levels, this kind of felt like that, but um, like a mini game it just it, a mini game, yeah, and it seems fun because all the players are kind of they're chilled, they're relaxed, they've had a hard season, regardless of what team they've come from, and yeah it was it was just fun. They're all hyping each other up. It looked like a good sort of event. um I was looking at it, thinking this would be a nice thing as a spectator to go to. Just be doing a little bit of day drinking, watching some of your favourite players, just throwing the ball around. It just looked cool. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, Fun as I mentioned, it was very quick. Yeah, super quick. Like, it, lo- it It reminds me like you'd be sat there for hours waiting for this to be set up, and it's over within a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because I think... Yeah. I... Don't even, yeah, it was one minute, wasn't it? They had a minute to get as many points as they could. You can hit the yeah. ones over and over again, but the four, three, fives, once you hit them once, that would take that one out of the game. Um, yes. And then after their minute, they would have one throw at the 10, which was the first one at the back in the end zone. Yeah. So um, the 10 which was 50 um, yards.
0: 50 yards, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just, I mean, performance-wise, uh, unless you had anything else, I was just going to go through the points of how we kind of finished up with this one.
0: No, not really. Um, was I mean, I was going to mention the, the point scoring system, but you kind of went through it, so it's all good, um, if you're okay. happy to go on to the QBs and their scores.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, rounding out the six was a tour with 16. Um
0: there's just something
1: about him being left-handed that still, even in a skill game, just makes it look like he can't throw a ball.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, um, I mean, as you said, it's his hand, all, but yeah, yeah, it's all a bit false because, like you said, it's static targets or it's yeah. It, it, he was thrown to robots essentially. Um, yeah, it's but, a different
1: context to a game day, but yeah, but he I did would expect. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I would ex- I would expect elite QBs to hit those targets you know that's 100% literally what they do day in day out they probably have that sort of setup at home well not not that sort of setup but you know like they'll play their own games at home with hitting targets and yeah, yeah. so 16 points was once we once to see the top end how a, yeah disappointing performance and him he ahead of him was Jalen Hurts with 17 so not much better um Geno Smith with 20 for a minute so not for a minute, but at the start of Gino's one, it literally looked like he was just gonna go one, 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 one. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: all he was going for.
1: <laughs> yeah. Was like, is that is that his strategy? Is he just gonna go for ones? Um he got twenty, Gardener Minshew got twenty one. And ran out the top two of it, so the um top two would advance through to a final round, um I'm trying to think of how the final round differed. They oh they played it at the same time. So
0: yeah, so the yeah. the final round they took they took alternate throws. Whoever had the highest score out of the two QBs went first. They took alternate throws and then whoever hits their target first, obviously that then drops, making yeah. it harder for the, the opposition yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, going through to that round was Baker Mayfield with 24 and CJ Stroud with 26. So Big CJ that was eight. Yeah, they CJ Stroud had a good round at it, um. So they go through to the final, and as you just mentioned, they would alternate their throws. Once the target's gone, it's gone. Um, this was very close as they went through. Baker Mayfield came out on top with a score of nine. CJ Stroud with yeah. eight. So the NFC finished up with three points at the end of this. Um, I what I when this kind of where you mentioned about it just looking fun. Um, that was that showed in this final round a little bit more with, you know, they could have just gone for points and forced each other to go for different throws or whatever. But Stroud was like, yeah, I'll go for the big one. <laughs> Went for it, didn't <laughs> yeah. get it. Um, well, you no, know, it wasn't a big one, was it? He was going for the five on the side. But it was, it was a higher points option than he could have gone for. Yes. Um, and it just, it didn't matter that he didn't get it. It is just a bit of fun. Um, and you could see that. So, yeah, it's just that's how that rounded out. And that then moved us on to high stakes, if you want to take us through that.
0: Yeah, so high stakes, um, this was another one I quite enjoyed. Um, it was, um, I was going to say, predominantly kind of <clears throat> defensive and safety teams players, but. It's not really true because there were some wide receivers in there as well. Um, Yeah. So this, I don't know the distance they were at. It was probably, it it was a good punt return distance. Um, So essentially this game was set up with um, one of those football launchers. They probably have a proper name, but I don't actually know what they're called. It's a jugs machine. Um, Thank you, a jugs machine. I did know that. I didn't even, yeah. I can't remember what Um, it stands
1: for. I did know at
0: one point. It stands for
1: titties. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, jugs machine the ball was loaded into the jugs machine obviously it was put at um a decent elevation the ball was obviously floated into the air which the player has to catch within a designated zone now uh, the player who catches the most balls would win three points for their conference um what i liked about this was it wasn't one after the other it was there was a bit of pressure on them because as soon as they caught a ball they Had to leave that zone and hold on to that ball until their next catch. Um, and they had to keep taking it in turns. And you know, at some point, they had their arms full, but they still had to just yeah. stand there like the fatigue and stuff just from being in that position looked quite stressful. So, um, yeah, there were 10 players overall from this so nine, sorry, five from the AFC, five from the NFC. Representing the NFC, you had Nick Ballore. Deron Bland, Sam Laporta, Rashid Shaheed, and Devon Witherspoon. And then for the AFC you had Miles Killabrew, uh Marvin Mims Jr., Justin Simmons, Rokan Smith, and Denzel Ward. Um what did you make of this? Did you did you like it or?
1: Yeah, I just again it's another fun one because it's ludicrous. You know, this isn't something that you'll be doing in a normal game. Um No, absolutely not. And just seeing the different technique that players would attempt when catching it you had um some so obviously you know the first ones are relatively easy then when you've got multiple balls you had people trying to catch the next ball with the other balls um (laughs) (laughs) or just kind of hugging it in um which obviously is the more successful technique um but that only gets you so far because then you're holding multiple balls you only have two hands (laughs)
0: Yeah, um, I think seeing Shahid trying to caress a ball under his neck whilst catching the other one with one <laughs> hand was quite funny. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, but uh, it, it was crazy seeing these players with four, five balls in their hand and still trying to catch another one was was insane. Um it definitely looked tougher than you you look at it and you think that's easy like you can they're not that big you put it under your arm you catch the other one but no when you factor it all in and then you've got to stay within this zone and stuff it it looks very difficult i barely
1: catch one ball (laughs) (laughs) can
0: confirm i've seen you on holiday
1: yeah um Um, yeah. yeah
0: so this one um I don't really have much else to say. I was just going to go straight to the winner, if you're happy with that.
1: No, that's what I was going to do, and then I wasn't sure. But if you're going to do it, go for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, Miles Killebrew came out on top. He is a safety from uh, Pittsburgh, I believe, and he's predominantly on the special teams, uh, more of like a punt returner. Um, So he ended it with six balls. He actually managed to have three under his left arm, uh, one under his right arm, one between his legs and then just dived to the floor, caught it and then balanced yeah. himself on his head.
1: <laughs> what what yeah, I just... think was the best bit about that is the ball didn't start between his legs. So he waited for the, the one that was getting shot to get elevated. Yeah. He got himself in position, popped it in between his legs, set himself and then managed to grab it and go down. Whilst obviously keeping that ball between his legs because that's the other stipulation. You, know, you can't drop any of them. Um, and yeah, just rolled around and ended up on his back with him. Fair yeah,
0: absolutely. It um, was good. I enjoyed that. He's one
1: at that point, but he did try for the seven, and that just just didn't work. <laughs> no,
0: no. One, but it was minutes. it was good. It was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that one, and yeah. I think having watched this one and the precision passing, <clears throat> my mindset of the Pro Bowl is is starting to change a little bit. So <clears throat> yeah, I, really, I think really enjoy that's it. a
1: that's a good point actually. I'll, we'll just mention it now whilst you're on there when. We we've mentioned on this podcast before, you know, we haven't been we've, we've had passing interest in the NFL for a long time. And that's in just league games and the actual games itself. The Pro Bowl and everything has not really been on my agenda, at least. So when I wanted to watch it historically previously in I was always expecting like an all star game of yeah proper football. And that was that was it. Um, I think you're right in that the mindset needs to change and just appreciate that this is just some of the best players in the league just having fun together. Yeah. It shows the sportsmanship between lots of different players. Just when like there's obviously been mic'd up at these events as well, you see the players talking to each other, interacting with each other, and I just think it it just shows another element to them that we wouldn't necessarily have seen. And yeah, they need to be watched without thinking that it's incredible.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Just going back on to um, the precision passing, because I've just looked at one note that I've completely forgot about, um, and this is going to more of the aspect of um, where it's just all a bunch of fun and everyone's just enjoying themselves. Um, Whoever the commentators were for the precision passing, there were two blokes, um, and every time the ball went close to a target, they kept going, did he hit it? Did he hit it? And the female commentator was just like, guys, when a target gets hit, then there is like smoke and and um like pyros going off like he yeah. doesn't go off he didn't hit it like he, she literally just snaps at him and it's so funny yeah, because yeah. then they still continue did he hit it and she's like guys so <laughs> guys yeah that was nice they hit it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fun um cool let's have a look at um ta- uh, task no it's not a task skills challenge 3 what the hell am I on about
1: um, <laughs> yeah closest to the pen yeah
0: closest to the pin which was at hawks landing golf club in orlando it looked bloody beautiful Um, it did yeah this one i enjoyed quite a bit um purely for a sense of it looked like a bunch of lads on a day out um they're just kind of having fun um yeah just seemed really really cool um in terms of who was there? Um, I haven't actually made a note of this. I know who the winner is, um, but unfortunately I don't have, unless you do.
1: No, I don't. I, I know Mostert was there. <laughs>
0: yeah, Ma- it, Mostert was there. Um, Jake Ferguson Brian was Anger. there. Darius Slay was there. Brian Anger, Kyle Hamilton, uh, Owusu Koromoa was there. Um, and. Maybe one other... I can't remember. I I should have made a note. It's probably the only one I haven't made a note of. Um, Yeah, yeah, as I mentioned, this one um, just seemed like a lot of fun. It's it's lads having a day out, and they were kind of just enjoying themselves, really. Um, I think the thing what sets it off straight away is the first person to take a shot is Darius Slay, and doesn't look like your typical golfer... um, I think some of these players kind of play in their spare time. Some of them, you can tell, have never picked up a golf club in their life, which was quite funny. Mm. Um, So Darius Slay, he's walking up to the tee and he's going, lads, gas me up a little bit, gas me up, come on. (laughs) There is zero gas. Like They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. woo, 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 come on, woo. (laughs) woo. (laughs) It's literally so painful and then he just shanks it into the water. Yeah, um, yeah. Or he, he shanks it wide and it's like 16 feet or something. So, yeah, that was quite funny. Um, mm. <clears throat> I think Jake Ferguson going barefoot, that was funny because, again, just a lad having a day out, enjoying himself, didn't really take it too seriously. Um, Owusu Koromoa was going for a chip shot using a driver. <laughs> so that was yeah. quite funny, just going on a mad one. Um the, my favourite moment, though, so Kyle Hamilton um, for the Ravens, he's on the VT, and obviously he introduced himself. He said, he's, you know, Kyle Hamilton, and he says, Tiger Woods cousin. So he's obviously built himself <laughs> up a little bit. Now, if people who don't watch um, golf, golf has kind of become a bit more laddish to the spectators, and when the golfer tees off, there's some heckling from the crowd and some kind of shout-outs one of them is a famous tiger woods one when he teed off and it was marsh potatoes obviously <laughs> Kyle hammerton stepped up to the tee chipped it and all the lads just shouted marsh potato and i thought that was brilliant like <laughs> yeah it was a nice little um little montage there which was quite cool um yeah. uh, did you see any funny points from it what what's your thoughts on this i know you're not majorly golf minded but obviously it's more yeah of a, and i must a, admit a, that i had that in my pin. mind
1: when i was watching it i was thinking that i don't care (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i get i liked the camaraderie between everything that was going on and and like you said it was like lads having fun um but i I just wasn't that interested in it Um, i don't think for me personally that the golf translates to a skill game that's related to the nfl but i guess that's kind of the, the point of it you're putting them into a different sport But if you're going to do that, then, you know, make them throw three-pointers at hoops or, like, do do a bunch of different ones. Um, But, yeah, I didn't have that much interest in it particularly. I thought it was funny because I'm sure I might be remembering this wrong. Um, In the Miami Hard Knocks, I'm sure Muster and the running backs or whoever it's part of, I'm sure they all end up with golf gear. Um, Because I don't think it was the quarterbacks because... Oh, no, maybe it was. Maybe it was... I just can't remember. They were... So, basically, in the Hard Knocks Miami in-season thing, mm. when it gets to Christmas, I think, they, someone buys everyone a golf simulator thing.
0: Um,
1: but now oh, that I'm yeah. saying it out loud, I think it might have been the quarterbacks. Um,
0: uh, maybe. I know Tyreek Hill bought everyone those electric scooters.
1: Yeah. So... Uh.
0: It's over the quarterbacks, running backs. Yeah. You are right.
1: I know, but now that I'm saying it, I feel like it probably wasn't the running backs. Because when I was watching it, I was thinking, I "Was that? Uh, was he the one that was involved <laughs> with getting this goal simulator?" And then he just goes straight into the water. Um, yeah, that was yeah. Funny, but may not have been him. But yeah, I mean, it it was cool as it was, but I maybe there's what I would like to see is maybe because obviously a lot of these players uh do pro-am tournaments or charity tournaments and stuff so i think i would rather have actually seen some people that were quite good at golf yeah it. so this was kind of fun yeah this was fun but i think if i was going to watch it i'd rather see it from a competitive point of view because um, yeah. it used to be the longest drive and yeah. that's now changed to the closest to the pin and i don't know if maybe i preferred the longest drive I don't know. Yeah, But, yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was just a bit of fun.
0: Yeah. Um, We'll close this one off then because there's not really much else to say to it. Um, Brian Anger. Brian Brian. Anger of the uh, Cowboys? Of the
1: NFC. (laughs) Uh, He is of the the Cowboys Cowboys currently. He's played for a couple of different teams. I think he's been Jags. um, Jags, Bucks, Texans, Cowboys. Cowboys presently.
0: So he's um he's the punter um NFC and he bagged them three points. So currently NFC is sitting at 6-3. Mm-hmm. Um the fourth one then, snapshots. Um again yeah. a- another one I liked. Um essentially I really snapshot liked this is one. Yeah, it's essentially long snapping which you would do for a punt or a kick or whatever else and you've got to get the ball between your legs. Fling it as hard as you can, and then they're aiming for a wall with um, different size holes in it. Um, so obviously, your your one point is a massive hole, and then your five point is a much smaller hole. Um, yeah, I thought this one was good fun. Something I would like to have a go at actually, just to see how difficult yeah. it actually is. Um, and I was amazed thing... by the
1: different technique that everyone used. Um, yeah, because I kind of just was gonna assumed to that. that it would always be. Like everyone would adopt the same sort of technique, but they didn't. You had two handed. Um, you had some people no looking, and that's probably muscle memory. You had one handed, um
0: I think there's yeah. there's a different element to that one. So in this game there were four centres and two long snappers, so they weren't actually Yeah. That 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 wasn't their um uh what's it called that that's not their forte that's not what they usually do um this substantial so, role <laughs> yeah so your centers you had were Jason Kelsey Ryan Kelly Eric McCoy and Tyler Linderbaum. um and then your two long snappers were Andrew De Paola and Ross Mattis Mattis yeah, yeah they had
1: trouble saying that on <laughs> on the actual <laughs> Ross- show didn't they <laughs>
0: Ross Mattisstick, yeah, so um Kelsey McCoy and Depoola are for the n f c and then Kelly Linderbaum and Mattisstick are for a f c um yeah, I think Kelsey being a centre would usually just underhand to shotgun uh, sorry underhand to centre or shotgun um it doesn't usually get long snap, however, he gave it a good go um the funny thing was he Kelsey was so was just, committed
1: to that five <laughs> he was
0: pure stubborn wasn't he and he got it he got the five in the end but um yeah. he did not want to go for anything else um, right. and his technique
1: was so like aggressive <laughs> it was, it was yeah
0: bow, bow, bow. yeah um, i think yeah one thing i enjoy uh, i mean there's so many things we could probably say we enjoy about this pro bowl now we've opened our minds to it is they're all mic'd up so you can hear what's going on as they're doing it and Jason Kelsey, if anyone's ever listened to their podcast or just knows anything about him, he is a clown, he's a joker. Um, when he's thrown like five or six of these balls and he's still going, he's on the floor going, Oh my god, I'm getting it pretty tired. And like he's just throwing these balls <laughs> yeah. between his legs and he's struggling, bless him. Um, yeah, it's it's proper funny. Um Ryan Kelly was one of the ones you said about um he went one-handed, no look, so he was just getting the ball, flinging it. Yeah, they hope, were going, pow, hoping pow, it would go pow, pow, anywhere. He got
1: through a lot as well.
0: He got like eight points, I think. Yeah. Um, so, but then again, they said on the uh, on the commentary that's not his usual role. He would never long snap a ball, so he's just flinging that behind him and hoping for the best. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. And then when the actual when the long snappers came on, I thought they were pretty poor, to be honest. Um, yeah. Ross, Ross Matyskik, um was terrible, didn't get a single point. Um, Andrew Depoyola, when he actually found his rhythm, he was just going for the one every time um, and, and obviously Yeah, that's the thing, he, he
1: found his range with that one and just went pop, pop, pop
0: Yeah, absolutely just again, muscle memory um, One thing we haven't mentioned about that, so with the ball games um, there are standard American footballs and then there are golden footballs which come up every yes. couple of throws, every five throws, three throws. Um, the golden balls are double points. So that made it a bit of a more interesting um interesting event. Um yeah. so the uh the NFC ended up winning this event, um and they scored 14 points over the afc so it was 24 to 10. Uh, andrew d'apaiola led the nfc with nine points so he took the nfc to nine and three obviously they gained no they, points it from... was
1: 14 to 10 it wasn't 24 to 10.
0: was it was it 14 to 10? i think it, i think it was 14 to 10. i don't know they won anyway okay that yeah either way <laughs> they won nfc won um i've probably read that wrong um and yeah it just looked like fun something i'd want to give a go
1: yeah. So the um, NFC are now leading the Pro Bowl 9 to 3. They are. I don't know. Did you mention that? I don't know. That's where they are at.
0: Uh, now. I I might have done. Um <laughs> so there was one last event then closing out the Thursday and this was a game of dodgeball. Um which looked just like fun. I don't know if you've ever played dodgeball in school. Um just looked like a again a bunch of guys having fun with their friends. Um yeah, seemed really cool. Um, there were uh, two matchups, so you had the NFC defense versus the AFC offense, and then obviously vice versa. Um, starting with the first one, then the NFC defense was Buddha Baker, Jesse Bates III, <clears throat> Demario Davis, Danielle Hunter, Michael Parsons, Hassan Reddick and Bobby Wagner. The AFC offense is Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, James Cook, Stephon Diggs, Evan Ingram. Derek Henry and Justin Simmons. Um, did you have anything specific to say about this game or do you want me to jump onto the second one and we'll talk as a whole or? Um, go into the second one, then we'll talk it as a whole. Okay, cool. So second one then, this would be the NFC offense and the AFC defense. Uh, the offense is Jamar, sorry, Jameer Gibbs, CJ Ham, CD Lam, DK Metcalf. Amon Rasent brown DeAndre Swift, and Kyram Williams. Saying these names out loud, this is one hell of a fantasy team. Yeah. Um, then on AFC defense, you've got Josh Allen of the Jags, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson II, Patrick McQueen, Jalen Ramsey, and Pat Certain II, otherwise known as PS2. Um, yes. What did you think? What, what, I, I like this one. I thought it was fun.
1: Yeah, it it was fun, but it was a bit slow to get going. Um, yeah, like my experience, like you said, playing dodgeball in school, it's pure carnage. <laughs> like just running up, balls going everywhere. Boof, boof, boof. Um, yeah, just didn't didn't quite attack. start off like that. Um, I did like the so Derek Henry caught one and then immediately threw it back and got someone out. I can't remember who he got out. Um, and was, the I think it was Parsons. commentator... Yeah, maybe. And the commentators like, He's throwing balls like he throws stiff arms <laughs> <I> just, thought, <laughs> just thought it was funny. Um, yeah, that and was good. They've had a they like the photographer that was behind that shot got a great shot of the ball coming towards him. Um yeah. it's just a super cool shot and the Nashville Sound Nashville Sounds Sound Sounds Sound Um Yeah, sound. Did an edit of Henry pitching a ball <laughs> for, for them which I thought was quite fun um, yeah yeah. The, it, it was just a fun again, it just looked like people having fun and that's kind of what you want to see
0: yeah absolutely, um, one note I have made is um, Dig's was the first player out of the game because he couldn't catch a ball and I thought, well, good on you because you finished you started the pro bowl how you finished the season, so well done to you, my friend." Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it, it looked like good fun. I think the it started slow to begin with because there might have been some miscommunication in like rules and what they could and couldn't yeah, do. Yeah, it looked like a lot some of that. Yeah. A lot of players were just stood around thinking like well, what what can we do? What can't we do? Because there was points where the, the commentators were saying, Oh yeah, they're not allowed outside the red boundary and every single player was outside the red boundary. Yeah, so yeah. it just yeah, it was a bit confusing. But um it it looked like fun. It looked like great fun. Friends playing the game together. Um yeah. during more Henry, carnage, like you said.
1: Not to keep talking about Derek Herring, but you know, obviously I'm Titan some eyes on him. Um his strategy was definitely to hide behind his teammates.
0: <laughs> I did notice <laughs> he that he was just
1: like using them as blockers. which I Thought was funny, but yeah, um... <laughs> I did.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. Um, it was it was cool. It was a bit of fun. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, I believe they ended up um, with
1: well, game each AFC a won game the first each. game, NFC won the second.
0: They did, yeah. So, so gone.
1: No, I was just going to say. So we're on to twelve six NFC to AFC.
0: Yeah, there we go. Um, cool. That rounds and that, off the that Thursday. That was the
1: Thursday. Yeah, that's Thursday done.
0: Does and then Sunday. there's obviously a bit of a break, and it goes into the Sunday games. Um, so this one um, we're aware because of the way the Sunday was laid out. There's Obviously, it chops and changes in between, so there'll be like a quarter of flag football in between certain events um for the the purpose of this podcast, we're not gonna keep chopping and changing um we're just gonna do them as solid chunks, so uh, we will start off how the Sunday started, and it was kick tack toe um you said you haven't physically seen this one adam um yeah,
1: so when I tried to <coughs> find the highlights, I couldn't see them on youtube um mm. i've so- I've seen like some random clips from TikTok, but i've not seen the result um, okay
0: so this one so you'll have to um, talk
1: us through this one
0: this one they've essentially um they've managed to get the best kicker from the afc in justin tucker and the best kicker from the nfc in brandon Aubrey, um and again they're playing a game which looks like mega fun um it's called kick tack toe because that's exactly what they're doing they're kicking the ball through the upright, as they usually would do, um, but in the upright is a massive scoreboard of a game of tic-tac-toe. And obviously the aim of that game is to get three in a row, cancel out your opponent, and obviously win the game. Um, it looked like fun. Loads of fun. They were um, not as consistent as you thought they would be, um, but I think the the way they must have set it up, obviously they are screens Um, within these giant squares and the borders between these screens are quite large. So they would often hit the border between two boxes and it wouldn't count. So I think it took them quite a while to get through this game. Um, But I mean, jumping to the winner, um, Justin Tucker brought the win home for the AFC, which is all good. Um, Again, just like two guys doing what they do for for a living, but having fun with it. Um, and yeah, it was just look looked good fun. um, this yeah. then took the AFC to nine points three behind the NFC on twelve um so there we go, kick tack toe Nice. um there would have been a first quarter of football, however, we'll jump on to the next event, which was move the chains um do you want to take us through this one because I don't know a great deal on this one.
1: Yeah, um, I don't have a list of who was involved. Uh, I don't know if you have that or not. Uh, Um, I
0: might do, actually. Bear with me. Um, Well, I'll just
1: go through the aim whilst looking for that. So this was five players from each conference that had a wall um, which had 3,000 pounds of weight on the back of it. So they had to get all the weights off and then drag the wall over the finish line. Um, I think it was last year one of the teams tried to just pull the wall with all the weight on it <laughs> and obviously that didn't get them anywhere um yeah. so yeah this time straight around the back everyone's pulling these weights off um you know doing two three four at a time because they are massively strong people i doubt mm-hmm. i would be able to even move one um yes yeah, so they're pulling these weights off the back of it into a basket once all the weights are off you go and it's essentially it is it is the chains but they're attached to the wall so they're using them like a uh, not a pulley but just a handle on the end of the chain which attached to the wall all five of them rode up and then they've got to pull the wall over the line and um, yeah do we know who was involved
0: i do indeed so for the nfc you had demarcus lawrence A sewell tyler smith montez sweat and tristan wirfs i believe that's how it's pronounced w-i-r-f-s wirfs <clears throat> for the afc sure. you had will anderson jr Teron Armstead, Jermaine Johnson II, uh, Laramie Tunsil, and Kevin Zietler.
1: Nice. There we go, some some big lads. Yeah, yeah, and they were evenly paced, so they kind of, each side got their weights off at the right time, they got lined off, and they started pulling the walls at the same time, give or take, Mm. Uh, but the NFC came out on top, getting over the line first.
0: Yes, yeah, Um. It just, uh, was it? yeah, Um. I think they had a better strategy looking at it, they were just pulling off huge clumps of weight, as you said, I think one of the teams um was doing one or two weights at a time, but you mentioned on the other one, they're doing four or five at a time, just yanking these things off, trying yeah, to yeah. get a head start, which is good. <clears throat> awesome. Um, yeah not really much else to say about that one if you have so we would awesome. have then had the second quarter
1: of flag football between this uh but as we said we'll come to that at the end um yeah. so next up was a game of madden yeah um
0: this one i don't i'm torn between this one because okay yeah you're promoting the game madden within NFL but what is skill related to this other than maybe trying to bring in a younger audience I don't really know um
1: yeah I know what you mean it says it was and...
0: yeah it says it was live streamed on YouTube and Twitch um which and then they yeah, had the highlights that, that may have the broadcast.
1: been cast more enjoyable if we tuned into the actual live broadcast of it and seen it all yeah um or just as a standalone thing you know watching a player that you know play the game might be something but adding it into this was yeah a little off it felt like a
0: plug for madden obviously yeah 100 um, percent. but it was uh it was essentially two players from the nfc two players from the afc Uh, one player would play the first half the second player would play the second half <clears throat> so in the first half you had Puka Nakua of the NFC playing David Njoku of the AFC and then they handed the controllers over to Micah Parsons in the second half and Tyreek Hill. Um yeah, I don't really know much else to say about this one. Um yeah. They they played a video game and Yep <laughs> the NFC the NFC won it thirty six fifteen. That was it. <clears throat> they did, yeah. So um Currently, the scores, um, it's pointless saying the scores because they've done um quarters of football in between, haven't they? So, um, it's a bit misleading,
1: it is a bit, bit misleading, but just because it's the order of the day. So, at this point, because there's been two quarters of flag football, um, the AFC, so they were. Kind of losing throughout, but the AFC have gone ahead at this point forty seven to thirty nine so that is taking into account two quarters of flag football um, yeah the will we can look at plays in a bit, but just to the reason we got to this point is because in the first quarter, the AFC won twelve to seven, and in the second quarter the AFC won again twenty six to fourteen so those scores in their entirety are added on to the point scoring so that ended us up uh after the nfc winning madden the afc are on 47 and the nfc are on 39 yeah um yeah and that led us into so this is another one where there were two parts to it but it's a gridiron gauntlet um yeah and this was a relay race through an obstacle, obstacle course. And I loved this because it just I thought it reminded it was... me of like an NFL version of Gladiators or something. Yeah, I was going to say not that. Not quite that level, but um, yeah, this was just, just really fun. Um, it
0: did look fun. I think my point from the beginning, though, looks like if you're in that stadium, you've sat there and you've watched these people set up these games for the best part of two maybe three hours and it is over within a minute and a bit like that must just be the most horrible bit but it did look super fun um the uh if you're happy for me to go through what the events were in the gridiron and then we can have a chat about it no that's cool so Um, As Adam mentioned they are split into different segments. So the first one was breakaway walls. Um, They were essentially I don't think they were polystyrene but they were kind of um, flimsy material walls which obviously got thicker in density. There were three walls they had to run through. You had Demarcus Lawrence of the NFC and Will Anderson Jr of the AFC. They then ran through uh, the three walls and then tagged a button on the end which would lead on to the next uh, event which is agility. Agility, they would go through a gate and be met with a very tight and kind of um, close-in sort of um, airport queue. <laughs> the only way I can describe it, where you've got like yeah, the yeah. Um, you've got the barriers and you've got a slalom between them, but this was very close in. That It was kind of like sidestepping very closely in in a little slalom thing. So, uh, agility was Kenny Clark of the NFC and DeForest Buckner of the AFC. Again, they would run through, press a button, and it would go on to uh, the next guys. So this was a tyre flip. Basically, they've got two giant guys who are flipping a tractor tyre. You had Chris Lindstrom of the NFC and Wyatt Teller of the AFC. Uh, They would flip their tyre all the way to the end, push the button, and it would be next on the high point. High point was um, three sections of uh, a football suspended in the air um, as you go through the event um, the ball gets higher and higher you had to jump on a trampoline and basically just tip this ball out of its little yeah. holder um, shouldn't have had trampolines <laughs> the... yeah shouldn't have had trampolines just make it more interesting um, yeah. NFC was Aiden Hutchinson and AFC was Josh Allen of the Jags um, then it led to the end um, of this gauntlet and it was the sled push. So in the sled, sorry, pushing the sled was Penny Sewell and Tristan Wirfs, uh, and you had Teron Armstead and Laramie Tunsell of the AFC. Um, And I think you had Jason Kelsey sitting uh, as an anchor in the NFCs. Uh, I'm not 100% sure who the player was in the AFCs. Um, But yeah, I mean, you've Mm, mentioned it's kind of like... um, it was kind of like a, an, an episode of the Gladiators crossover with the NFL. Um, talk me through it. Like, What did you think? Because I loved it. I thought it was brilliant.
1: Yeah, it, exactly that. It was fun. It was competitive. Because naturally, by having a race, um, the same as, you know, the World War 1 was competitive, etc., uh, this was competitive throughout, and it had individual match matchups with people going through. And... They just looked like they wanted to win. You know, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see any one person that was just having a bit of fun. They all looked like they genuinely wanted to get through that and win it for their team. Um, and yeah, it was great. I would have wanted to see more of that. <laughs> different, yeah, different it courses, different to be things, bigger
0: and longer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else I can say
0: on it. It, it just looked like lots of fun. Um, I think one point to mention um, at the end is the um, the sled push. They are neck and neck, but somehow... Um, I'm going to nick what the commentator yeah, but... said. Is... Oh, go, on. go on. Go on.
1: Well, I don't know what the commentator said, but it just looked like... Um... Jason Kelsey was, like, orchestrating and rowing them himself, like, giving it momentum. Yeah. Because they they did say that he might have been too heavy for it, and then suddenly they're, like, bouncing down the
0: way. Yeah, yeah. So he... They were neck and neck, and then the commentator mentioned about Kelsey Juju, which obviously him and his brother have, and it's just that special thing they've got what make them good players. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, he does this stand-up squat motion as if he's rowing or... Um, it reminded me of like you know the old school um, mining train carts where you had one on each end and you push the lever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looked like he was doing that, and yeah, just propelled his team into the wind. But I think the slow motion shots of his face afterwards, where he's like got a beaming grin on his face because he knows he's done it, is just perfect. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, more Gridiron Gauntlet, please, because that was v fun. Yeah. That was great, awesome um on to the next one then um again, this would have been split between so the the race um would have been split between the um game we're talking about now um but this was the best catch um me personally, I like the best catch, however, from previous years, I was not um What's the word? I was
1: gonna say exactly the same thing.
0: Yeah, I was not enthused by this one. Um purely because there was only two players taking part. So you had Puka Nakua yeah. of the NFC, you had David and Joku of the AFC and it was just a bit boring. They had three attempts each, but they weren't even in the same place together. They no. you know, Puka Nakua was at a wakeboarding place. To do his. And David Njoku was just at a a water park somewhere. Um, Yeah. I preferred
1: Njoku's of the two. um, Yeah. Just because he added a flip into it. And that's kind of what I think of when I think of the best catch. I think of it as someone launching themselves creatively in some way and trying to catch the ball. Um, 100%. Pukunuku was just because he was on a weight board. He still just caught it normally. Um, Like... I get, I get that there's, you know, it's creative in a way, but if he'd done that off of a ramp and flipped or something and then caught it, I'd be like, yeah, that's great, cool. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, like, I was looking was, forward to it, and then when I saw it, I was a bit underwhelmed.
0: It, yeah, it was very anticlimactic. Um, when you look back at last year's, it was um, Stefan Diggs versus Amon Ra, and they were in the stadium Doing it, so they had the hype from the fans and whatever else, you know. Diggs got his brother involved. um Amalra got his brother involved, and they were doing like joint throws. Diggs was jumping through smoke and trying to catch it blindfolded and stuff. Did, and, did Diggs jump through a table? Or uh, am I imagining? No, <laughs> he he um, he was high, his second one. He hid behind cheerleaders. Then he. Appeared from behind the cheerleaders, jumped over, jumped through, sorry, bounced on a trampoline, jumped through smoke, and tried catching two balls at the same time. He failed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, that is a better attempt than just standing on a wakeboard. Um, Yeah, and I think just being in the
1: stadium made the difference and doing something creative there. But
0: yeah, definitely. Um, Whether they did it due to time constraints and they maybe did it you know maybe that was where that near where they live or something i don't know but um just seemed a bit meh not really not really much to to give but however um nakua did make the catch purely because he caught the ball (laughs) that's the the only reason why he won because he caught the ball um so yeah he managed to grab the points and at this time at this moment of the game um the afc are on 47 the nfc are on 45 um yeah but then obviously as we've mentioned again the gridiron was split into two um and uh i'm wondering if i've seen this one or is it literally just the the same one split into two it's i'm pretty sure it's the same one split into two I thought so because I'm I'm doubting myself here. Um, however, the second gauntlet has been run. Obviously, the way they split it for TV times, uh, the AFC and on 47 and the NFC end up winning this uh, with the Jason Kelsey rowing boat at the end, and the AFC take the lead 48. So 48 to 47. Yeah. Um, there is another quarter of flag football. However, we'll uh, we'll detail that at the end. It was then on to tug of war, which um I uh i could give or take this one it seemed okay but was over far too quickly um yeah i i fully
1: understand it as a as a skill game and why it was part of this
0: 100 said
1: as a viewer it was just over quite
0: quickly <laughs>
1: yeah it was yeah
0: so it was um it was the best of three series or three games um and then the winning conference earned three points uh the first round was brian anger Kenny Clark, Landon Dickerson, Lane Johnson, and Chris Lindstrom of the NFC. Then the AFC had DeForest Buckner, AJ Cole, Dion Dawkins, Quentin Nelson, and Wyatt Teller. Um, that one lasted a bit longer than the second one. Um, a,
1: a little bit because it went all the way left as we were doing yeah. it. And then back. So they didn't quite manage to get them over and then got pulled back.
0: Yeah, the AFC looked like they were doing okay. And then um, the NFC ended up pulling this one back and winning round one. Um, Funnily enough, both sides were exactly the same weight. So they were 1,480 pounds, which I thought was incredible. Um, Mm. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And then round two then, um, obviously the AFC needing to win this to stay in the tie. Uh, NFC had Derek Brown, Danielle Hunter... Aiden Hutchinson, Dexter Lawrence II, and Tyler Smith. AFC had Trey Hendrickson, Jermaine Johnson II, Justin Madubwe... Oh, God, I've just butchered his name, <laughs> sorry. Justin Madubweki. <laughs> Madubu- Ma- yeah, Madubwe... Justin Key. Mad. Yeah, um, yeah well, qu- Mad. He's mad, he is. Quenin Williams and Kevin Zietler. Um... This was over super quickly and Aidan Hutchinson went beastly. Yeah.
1: He was a machine. Just, it's just, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, I'm pretty sure he could have done it on his own. Yeah. No one mentioned to him, like it was an exhibition. He was like, if you die, you die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hutchinson went full Drago and just didn't know it was an exhibition. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all you can say about tug of war. It was what it was. Um, the two weights of the second one, uh, the NFC was heavier in the second round. So um, AFC was again fourteen eighty. Um, the NFC were fifteen twenty three. So yeah. uh, forty three pounds heavier. The big boys uh, tug of war. Then this took the scores: AFC on fifty three, NFC on fifty eight. Now we are at the kind of piece de resistance, which is the game of flag football. Um, Yes, it has happened in chunks, um, but we're going to talk about it as a whole. Um, What's your thoughts and takes on it?
1: So, my thoughts are, I started watching the highlights and I didn't finish it because I have no interest in (laughs) flag football. Right, okay. Um, I I skipped through it and skimmed a bit. (laughs) <laughs> the trouble is you can see them having fun and you see some of the trick plays and things like that. i feel i feel like i need to go back to it and watch it with with a different mindset but i can't help but watch yeah. them play football and want something better to happen um mm-hmm. obviously it's flag football so you're not going to get contact in terms of defensive plays but it felt like it was just set up Offensively, anyway, nothing, nothing defensively. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't, they were never really trying to get the flags. Um, and I get it in terms of entertainment, but <laughs> I don't know, it's just not for me, basically. I okay. started watching it and I just found myself not really caring. And I should have just watched it for the purpose of this, but then I thought, no, nah, I won't watch it, and then I can talk about how <laughs> oh, I didn't want to watch it. Um, yeah, so I've seen some. I've seen more highlights from individual plays on TikTok um, rather than just going through and watching it all. Um, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are. Probably a little different to mine, maybe? Yeah,
0: so I'm, I'm kind of glad you've said that, where you need to go back to it with a different mindset because this is, this is how I'm at my position I'm in now. So um, I have watched the highlights in the order we've spoken about them. Um, So I started off with a precision passing then I went on to the high stakes blah, blah 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 and everything else and as I'm watching these and they're getting more and more fun and I'm seeing them enjoy themselves by the time I got to the end which obviously is the flag football and I've seen it as a whole my mindset has changed completely. I'm enjoying this for what it is. It is just the best players from the AFC and the NFC having fun as if they're just playing football on Thanksgiving in their back garden with some friends and it's fun that I, I i really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite cool um, and the way I kind of likened it was I could imagine me and you just going into the stadium enjoying ourselves day drinking, watching some plays, and just having a good time that's that's how I kind of envisage it kind of don't take it for any more than what it is yes it's there's no contact and whatever else, and obviously yeah there it was a high scoring game because you know they're playing up for the fans or whatever but it was yeah. just fun. I just enjoyed it. And you're seeing players play together who you would probably never see play together. You know, you had CJ Stroud throwing an absolute dime to Tyreek Hill and things like that. Yeah. And you're thinking, this is this is incredible. Like, yeah, okay, it's flag football, but he's still just thrown a thirty yard dart to Tyreek Hill. So yeah, I I enjoyed it. I think my my mindset towards Pro Bowl has changed massively and I think more so this year, it's been very well thought out. Um, better yeah, games. I must admit,
1: it did seem more of a just complete. Maybe it's because it's had like a year to settle in a bit, I don't know. But it, the the expectation for what it was, was what it was. <laughs> I, know, I know what yeah. I'm getting at, but I don't know how to. So, last year, I was expecting something different, I guess, but kind of knew what I was getting this year. Um, yeah. I do need to revisit the flower football. I mean, I, d- I watched it in the same order as you. I watched all the school games first, and then I watched that. Oh, okay. But... Um,
0: Maybe with I a different mindset, you just <clears throat> might switch Yeah.
1: It I, will, I will watch it again. I'll just chuck the highlights on and watch it and just separate it. Maybe because yeah. I'd watched all the school games, and then that, that made it seem to me... Even less of a thing. I, I don't know. I don't. I can't explain it. But yeah. Just, I think thing, it, you
0: know? one thing I could probably say to defend our argument why we were so negative with the Pro Bowl when we, um, when we first started supporting our teams. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We, when we got to the off season of our first season. Um, sorry. When we got to the end. When we got to the first Pro Bowl of our first season they were already talking about disbanding the Pro Bowl or making it lesser, making it non-contact or whatever. And I remember the very first one me and you watched, we were, I came round to yours and we stayed up until like one o'clock in the morning. We were all happy and excited for it. We had our sticker books with the NFL sticker album and whatever, and we were hype. And it was a walking game of football. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't any flags or anything. So, you know, there wasn't anything fast-paced. It was literally just going through the motions. And that is probably the most painful thing we've ever had to watch. Um, So, having that in the back of my mind, and now this, in terms of actual flag football, it's fast-paced, there are things happening. Yes, there's no tackles or anything else, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was decent. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, so revisit it let me know what you think um and i i look forward to I next will. year i think it'd be quite cool I will. um so to round it off then the nfc ended up winning the flag football 64 59 uh the afc had a chance right at the very end to to win it however they were shut out by the nfc so overall the nfc end up winning the pro bowl games uh, and the final scores of the whole event um Uh, is it going to give me the final of all 64 to 59 oh okay yeah sorry so yes 64 59 there we go yeah i thought there was another one but there wasn't um no 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 so yeah 64 59 gg nfc there we go
1: yeah awesome um before we move on to anything else i just want obviously people get selected to go to the pro bowl we haven't gone through the rosters or anything like that so go out there and have a look if you want to see who is involved we've obviously mentioned various people throughout as we were uh, going yeah. on but i just wanted to quickly run through how many selections there were per team just yeah for a bit of fun um, Cool. i don't know if you've looked at this or not but if you're going to say off the top um, of your head so obviously not all people would have been involved anyway um yep. depending on how far they got through playoffs or if anything's changed between now and then but who do you think had the most selections from the AFC
0: and the NFC if you had to having watched having watched the highlights again not knowing fully um who's come from where i think AFC i saw a lot of broncos um NFC um, uh, NFC i saw a lot of s-
1: Seahawks? Am close? No. So, (laughs) (laughs) Broncos had three. Um, The highest number selected were from the Ravens, who had eight. Um, Damn! And from the NFC, the Cowboys had ten representatives. Um, Jeez. So, I'll very quickly run through. These aren't in numerical order, but they're... Better call Ravens had yep. eight, Bills had three, Bengals had two, Browns had seven, Broncos three, Texans three, Colts four, Jags three, Chiefs five, Raiders two, Chargers two, Dolphins six. I'm going to skip one. Jets three, Steelers three, Titans one. The New England Patriots had no one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that's why I skipped them. And obviously Derek Henry, the lone wolf from the Titans. Um, NFC. Cardinals 1, Falcons 2, Panthers 1, Bears 2, Cowboys 10, Lions 7, Packers 1, Rams 4, Vikings 3, Saints 3, Giants 1, Eagles 8, 49ers 9, obviously none of those involved. Uh, Seahawks 6, Bucks 3 and the Washington Commanders also had nobody involved.
0: Jeez. I so... feel that's that's harsh hmm. on franchises but yeah, I guess if you didn't make the cut then yeah, so it it's is. just
1: fun. It's the first time I've seen it in um team listing. So obviously you look at the the starters and who's been um who who's been selected and who's starting and all that. But just seeing it as the teams, you realise some people have stacked rosters <laughs> that are
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're all Pro um,
1: All pros, whatever. But
0: No, that is pretty cool. Um it's just interesting. Like to like to see stats and figures. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So let's That's um. The Pro Bowl we've games, got, I think. Yeah, we've got one more thing to round it off with. Um, I mean, we've got tons wolf, of stuff wolf, we wolf. would like to t- of We have tons of stuff we would like to talk about. Um, As we've mentioned in previous episodes, um, there's been a lot of changes happening within franchises, head coaches, backroom staff and everything else. So um, please bear with us. There will be an episode of all that coming out with our thoughts and um, all the happenings and everything else and and predictions and stuff. So please do bear with us. That is definitely coming. However, um, we have the Super Bowl looming um, and prior to the Super Bowl, there is the National Football League Honours which I believe is the night or two before the Super Bowl. Um, it's on the, the
1: Thursday, I think. So Super Bowl's obviously On the Thursday yeah.
0: So it'll Thursday, yeah. So be Thursday night. So Kind of like starts off proceedings, really, doesn't it? Um, yeah. This is where um, uh, we spoke about at the beginning of the season. So we gave our MVP Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. <clears throat> we gave all those predictions at the beginning of the year. This is where they finally get crowned. Um, and we have our nominees, so we just have a little talk about the nominees, um, give our prediction who we think is going to win it, and then we can probably put a pin in this episode. So, looking at the MVP finalists then, you have Josh Allen of the Bills, Lamar Jackson of the Ravens, CMC, Christian McCaffrey of the Niners, Dak Prescott of the Cowboys, and Brock Purdy of the Niners. What's your thoughts on those and who you are taking?
1: Um, before we go, before we look at it, I'm going to ask a naive question. Go on. Where, at what Does this include postseason when they
0: look at it or not? The, these are regular season MVPs, I believe. Okay.
1: Yeah. Probably should have known that, but just wanted to check. Because um, obviously you, yeah. you look at someone like Dak Prescott he's just let the team down in playoffs and you argue that they're no longer in their mvp but if you look at what he did in the season it's obviously a different kind of
0: conversation yeah um i'm pretty i'm pretty certain you class these as regular season ones because when we get to players in a second in a different category um they their teams did not make the playoffs so these are just regular season um honors sure Probably really obvious, but again, I haven't really sat down and looked at it before. It's cool.
1: It's cool. Um, I think. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, it's a fair list. You yeah. Look at oh, all of those teams made it to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, it tends to be a QB bias for the MVP. Yep. Um,
0: well, Wow, like... There's four QBs and one RB. On yeah. The list.
1: <laughs> um. I just feel like Lamar leading the Ravens to number one seed and what they accomplished this year can't be undersold. Um, You know, you look at someone like Josh Allen and what he did in the latter half of the season, but he wasn't doing it throughout. But then, yeah. you know, the argument is, but he got us there. So does that make him the MVP? You know, that's why he's in that conversation, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah... I, I look at it and I just feel like Lamar Jackson makes the most sense.
0: Mhm. Okay. The course is that you going with?
1: Yeah. What did I predict? What were predictions at the start of the season, or are you, are we going to look at
0: those at the end? Because I can't remember. Um, let's let's look at those when um when they actually get announced. Because okay, um, yeah, that's fair. That it, makes sense. It, it, yeah. Um. Okay. So my thoughts then. Um, as you mentioned, it is always QB. Um, strong Um, I think the only player who hasn't been a QB to win it recently was um, Justin Jefferson a couple of years back Um, I because this is regular season Lamar Jackson is hella lucky because he bombed in that divisional round game and did not deserve sorry the championship game he did not deserve any accolade but like you said he he did it very well um, for, for that purpose, um, getting them to that point um, in the regular season. I think if we are taking their MVP, so the most valuable player title seriously, then... Sorry, I just dropped my iPad. Um, MVP title seriously, I think... And I'm not saying it because I'm a Bills fan. Josh yes, Allen on that list is... <laughs> no, shut the <laughs> fuck up. Josh Allen on that list is the MVP. Shocker. He... It, take no, no, no. Take Josh Allen out of the Bills, and they are a shocking team. They are on par with Panthers, probably. But <laughs> just, <Wow. laughs> that's a bit fucking harsh. Um, but no, seriously. Take Josh Allen so, out of the so Bills. My, uh, yeah, no, I completely don't understand
1: mate. what you're saying. But I, the the reason that I don't agree with that this year is because I think he was a contributing factor to the Bills. Poorest performance of the season as well, in the first half of the season. Well, not even you know, first handful of games, but that middle bit of the season, he was also a direct contributor to that. So, I think that's true. Me personally, on my views, the MVP has to be someone that's consistent enough, not just someone that I I completely get that side of the argument. I am not faulting your argument for him as a as a person, but I think because he was a contributing factor to some of their biggest losses um he you know a contributing factor not the contributing factor um, yeah that's the only reason why i wouldn't put him in there but no that's you fair. can't take away what he has accomplished with that team and like you said if you take him out of that team who are the bills
0: exactly yeah um i'm not going to go josh allen um i'm wondering whether to break the mold and go with cmc because i think this could be the year for him he had big numbers and whatever else um but it's QB strong and they always go over QB so i'm going to say lamar um it it's going to be it always will be um yeah okay so next one is um offensive player of the year then um offensive player is um yeah it could be anyone i don't know what i'm trying to say uh, offensive player we have Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins you have Lamar Jackson of the Ravens, you've got CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys, you've got Christian McCaffrey of the Niners, and you've got Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. Um, So there's two opportunities here for Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott to pick up honours. They've got, obviously, the offensive player and the MVP. Um, Looking at this list, (coughs) I mean, this is a tough list. I think you can take the QBs out of it because to be an offensive player of the year, you have to be doing something outside of the QB role. You've got to be beating defenders. You've got to be scoring the points. You've got to be doing the dirty work. Yeah. You know, after the QB's given giving you the ball. Um, and this is tough. I think Tyreek Hill had an absolute mad one and, you know, should have broken 2000, but he never did. Um, CeeDee Lamb was just making catches in, you know, uh, a poor Cowboys passing game, but then McCaffrey was just a, a great all rounder. He was getting the passing TDs, he was getting the uh, the rushing TDs. He even threw a couple. Um, yeah. So this is tough. Who who are you taking? Because I I don't I'm, know. It's I'm going McCaffrey. Just you going CMC because of
1: yeah, and because of just the streak of touchdowns game after game after game. That's true. Game true. With multiple he, he touchdowns. broke the record didn't he? Yeah. Um, I had Tyreek gone the whole season, didn't get injured, and broke that two thousand. I think he would have been a strong contender. Um, I think unfortunately he was just let down in the end by an injury. Um, yeah. always quarterback, but I think Christian McCaffrey just has to be. If you look at the points that he's put on the board and the games that almost single handedly he's probably won, it's yeah. That's...
0: Yeah, and he always comes <laughs> but then, up clutch.
1: I'm saying that, and I didn't include him as an MVP option, but <laughs> yeah,
0: he, he's um, yeah, got to be. He came in clutch multiple times. When they needed a TD, he was just there, and we've spoken about the amount of times where, you know, it was always when you played me in fantasy, and you needed, <laughs> you yeah. needed 20 points to beat me, and McCaffrey's like, hold my beer, here's 45 for you, bro. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think... You having said the streak he went on and the fact he was just scoring time after time and consistently, I've got to go CMC as well. It And again, if Tyreek, if he beats the 2,000, he gets it hands down because he was he was on fire. He was good. Um, CD Lamb, again, if his QB doesn't let him down, then he hasn't a storming season. But I think, yeah, CMC for the offensive player has to be. Yeah. Um, Defensive player of the year then. So this is where um, a team is involved who didn't make the playoffs. So you've got Daron Bland of the Cowboys, Max Crosby of the Raiders, Miles Garrett of the Browns, Micah Parsons of the Cowboys, and TJ Watt of the Steelers. Um, And it's a nice little mix. You've got a, a cornerback, you've got a defensive end, defensive end, left blocker, left blocker. So I think that's quite good. Um, I... I think this is a toss-up between the two of them. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at Miles Garrett because he had a great yeah. year in that in that Browns. However, Daron Bland and TJ Watt, I think it's going to be a fight out for them. Daron Bland purely because he broke the record for the most pick sixes in a, se- in a single season. Did he finish on like six or seven or something? Maybe even eight? So that's yeah. mad. That's mad figures. Um, but then TJ Watt had his third um third season leading sack leader. Um yeah I think he's nineteen he's finished huge. up on yeah and I think that's not far from my prediction going off the top of my head. I think I said to him he must have been about nineteen and a half, twenty maybe so um yeah. I I'm going T J I think T J Watt gets this
1: Yeah, I think I said T J Watt at the start of the season if I remember rightly um mm. Does that sway your mind? or? No, I wouldn't go bland, although he has got that. Like you said, I just think for defensive player, to me, it's coming down to sacks, tackles, hits.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'll stick with what? You what? You what? Cool. We're pretty much just saying the same thing, but that's fine because we have the same taste. <laughs> We can. Um, can... <laughs> this one is a tough, tough um, category, bar one, and we'll get on to that in a minute. So offensive rookie of the year. So you've got uh, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Puka Nakua, Bijan Robinson, and CJ Stroud. Fair play to the Lions for getting two of your offensive rookies in there because that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bijan. Who are you, you saying is not... What, Bijan? Bijan I don't think should be on this list purely because he was so poorly used in that Falcons yeah. um I don't think he was correct I, I don't he comes number 5 in that list to me um he could be a completely different player next year um in a new offense and a new offensive coordin- coordinator new head coach and whatever mm-hmm. so I yeah. think coordinator I think Bijan comes 5th in that list um no, yeah, he does, but I yeah. for me this is a toss up between Puka Nakua and CJ Stroud. Um Puka because he broke so many um rookie records and So did Stroud. Even... <laughs> wow well, yes, I mean yeah, Nakua broke so many wide receiver rookie um Rookie uh, records. I can't even talk. <laughs> rookie records. There's too many R's. Um, Wookie, you know he <laughs> he stepped up when Cooper Cup was injured, and then even when Cooper came back, Nakua held on to that wr one position and dominated. So I think he did very well. However, for what CJ did, taking those Texans to the divisional round against the Ravens and breaking so many records and having so, like an incredible td to interception rate i i think it's got to yeah. be cj surely
1: i think all of that also topped off by the fact that the texans clinched the afc south um yes which when you look at the texans of last year they yeah leaps and bounds ahead and it's been driven by him and every you know week on week on this podcast we'd be saying CJ Stroud has broken the record for blah, 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 blah. And yeah, you're right. We were doing that with Puka Nakua as well, but Puka Nakua is playing in a Rams team who was in the Super Bowl not that long ago, you know. Well,
0: they won you it. Look <laughs> at where the
1: Texans were. Well, yeah, <laughs> but where the Texans were and where they are now, it's two completely different teams and it's because of CJ Stroud. And I think he's yeah, he's got to have it. Ha- he has to,
0: yeah. I think that's kind of unanimous. He, he definitely has to have that. Um defensive rookie then um you've got Will Anderson Jr. um of the Texans, Jalen Carter of the Eagles, Joey Porter Jr. of sorry, Joey Porter Jr. of the Steelers, Kobe Turner of the LA Rams, and Devon Witherspoon of the Seahawks. Um I don't know a huge amount about some of these. Um only some we've maybe maybe spoke about on the rookie watch. Um yeah. I know, I know Will Anderson Jr. had a great season with the Texans, but then Jalen Carter was, you know, putting up some great numbers for the Eagles. Um, yeah, but then... the Eagles
1: haven't been great, but he was a consistent factor. Not a yeah, he was factor. A I mean, he, that, he wasn't the reason they weren't great. He he remained consistent regardless of how they were doing.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, I mean, they still had that six-game downfall and and kind of departed the playoffs. Um, but then I do, I appreciate he went for that cheeky play where he was trying to jump through the center's legs and catch the QB <laughs> yeah. spike. So if he pulls that off, that's incredible. Got to have that alone. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna go Will Anderson Jr. again, being in that Texans team where they went to. Um, I'm going with him. Yeah, I
1: think as you said, don't know them as much as maybe some other people, but. Probably between those two, Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter.
0: They're the only two that really. Who are you going? Me. Oh, I'll go Jalen Carter. Ooh, Just first. so we don't
1: agree on something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. Um, this one then. This one's going to put a cat amongst the pigeons. This is Comeback Player of the Year. Um, you've got Joe yeah. Flacco of the Browns. Damar Hamlin of the Bills, Baker Mayfield of the Bucks, Matthew Stafford of the Rams, and Tua Tagovailoa of the Dolphins. Um I'll I'll let you start. What's your thoughts on this one? <laughs> My thoughts
1: are that Damar Hamlin should get it because there is no greater comeback than what happened to him and coming back. But I think that it should be given to him as an honorary honorary award and he should be removed from this list, and it should go to yeah. someone else for footballing comeback. Um, and it's not... It's, unfortunately, I think he wins it, and I think it takes it away from someone who's had a genuine sporting comeback. Um, yeah. And it's not to say that he hasn't had a comeback, obviously. He died, you know. But yeah, his yeah, contribution yeah. to the Buffalo Bills, his comeback is that he came back and played a game. But what's he done? Two tackles, three tackles or something in a season. He's not, yeah. he's not done anything. Um, and that's not his fault, you know. But it's it's just, yeah, for for me, I think you take Hobo Joe Flacco off the streets and <laughs> chuck him in the Browns who leads him on a playoff charge. Um, or even Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield's been yeah. so good this season. Like, th- I think Baker Mayfield would be my personal choice because I have not uh, disliked watching him play for the Bucks, and I never particularly liked him before. So that's kind of no. a really backhanded compliment. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's too, uh just because he let them down when it kind of mattered most in a number of different games. Um, yeah. Matt Stafford had a solid season. But I wouldn't really have said it was a comeback season, personally. No,
0: considering two seasons ago he was in a Super Bowl. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, that's my, my thoughts on it are demal Hamlin's going to win. I just think it's unfortunate that these other guys are going up against him this year of all years. And there should have been some way that the NFL, you know, the NFL make up whenever they want, if it suits. Yeah. Or, or just give it to both. Give it to two people, you know. Damar Hamlin gets it by default for what happened, but I think there is, there's a more of a comeback in there somewhere. Yeah, it's not even more of a comeback. You, it's, it's just a different... It's different. You can't yeah. really compare them.
0: You've, you've hit the nail on the head, and I was going to say the exact same thing. I want the NFL to do the decent thing this year and give two awards. One, as you said, there is no better comeback than coming back from death. And, you know, DeMar Hamlin did that. He, if he then comes back and plays the whole season or does more than just th- the five minutes of play time he's had this season, then by all means, yeah, the yours buddy, that's great. But you haven't. You've just warmed a bench, and yeah. Uh, again, yes, congratulations. You've come back from it's death. Thing, that's like, incredible. Yeah, you
1: don't want to talk shit about him because it's not. It's not any detriment to him. He has come back from it, but it's just sportingly you've not accomplished anything
0: this year yeah um so i'm I'm the same as you i think demar hamlin gets it by default however i would like them to do a second um at the same time if i were to choose someone from this list disregarding demar hamlin i choose baker mayfield every day because bucks are his fifth team in two seasons or something he was bounced around he wasn't doing very well he looked terrible um, uh, well, he looked terrible at the Rams, he looked terrible at the Panthers, um, and then all of a sudden he's landed in the Bucks, and he, he's, you know, doing really well with him. He's established himself. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, go, I go Mayfield with this one, but I'm not actually going to put down an answer for me because it's, yeah, it feels a bit null and void, this one. So if you're happy with yeah. that, we'll just leave it blank. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Uh, two more to go then. We've got Coach of the Year. So you've got Dan Campbell of the Lions, John Harbaugh of the Ravens, D'Amico Ryan, Ryan's sorry of the Texans, Kyle Shanahan of the Niners, and Kevin Stefanski of the Browns. Um, usually I would be Dan Campbell for this one because yeah, he he's great. If you haven't seen All or Nothing. Um or Hard Knocks, sorry. Yeah, if you haven't seen Hard Knocks, then watch it. He's a great character. He's very humble and honest, and he's shown a lot this year that he likes to gamble, and nine times out of ten it pays off. He's he's really good. Um, however, he's been pipped this year by um, a head coach, in my opinion, who has had an absolutely standout first year as a head coach. Uh, in Demico Ryan's. Um, yeah, led the Texans to where they have. Um, winning the AFC South, get into the divisional round. Yeah, I think D'Amico Ryan's has this hands down.
1: Yeah, um, I would agree between those two. Um, it's it's a toss up between those. I I can't really choose between each of them. I get what you're saying, but then you you also have to look at what the lines have accomplished and where they were and how. You know, they're kind of, you know, first division title since 1992 or something, whatever it is. Yeah, that's like, true. That's true. Um, big things happened for them this season. There were some questionable calls and things like that that he'd made, but we've discussed them before and how it's kind of he, that's him. He's probably always going to make those calls. And I think that's part of the um, appeal of him as a head coach. And yeah. the decision he makes and he kind of stands by those decisions and he knows that he hasn't always got it right but it's how he plays and he doesn't want to compromise that as it were. So but yeah, I think if I've one of them those two win it, I'm happy with that. Um who are you choosing? Probably won't be either. <laughs> um I'll go just just to not go the same as you, I'll go Dan Campbell.
0: That's fine. I think you're talking about like obviously what the Lions have achieved and everything else. That that is the exact, and I'm not disgruntling that you know they did amazing their first title in 30 years or whatever. But as you've mentioned, look at where the Texans came from. They were the worst team in the in the whole of the NFL last season, and yeah, to get where they've come to this year in a complete switch around with rookies as well. You know, it's it was the rookies leading the way with C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell, Will Anderson Jr. So yeah, I think. I think D'Amico Ryan's has got it, but if either of those two get it, then that's perfect.
1: I think this is probably one of the categories... Well, some of the others are close, but this is one of the categories where you could look at it and you you could make a case for any single one of these, and you couldn't really argue yeah, of against course. it. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think we just would like to see it be one of those because it's not your usual suspects. Um, mm. And it's... It is It is coaches that have accomplished something with teams that they probably shouldn't have been able to do it, or not at least do it yet. Um, yeah. Yeah, be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the last of our nominees then, this is the Assistant Coach of the Year. So you've got Ben Johnson, the Offensive Coordinator for the Lions. You've got Mike McDonald, the Defensive Coordinator for the Ravens. Todd Munkin, the Offensive Coordinator for the Ravens. Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the Browns, and Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator of the Texans, um, a good list. Yeah. Each there for their own reason. Um, I mean, who are you taking?
1: And this is one is obviously an offshoot of the Coach of the Year, and you do look at the Texans and Lions, um, what Bobby Slowick's done. I really. I feel like that's where I'm leaning towards who I'd like to win. Um, mm-hmm. Again, there's a case for some of these other people. Mike McDonald, what the Ravens' defence accomplished this year was out throughout the year and consistently. Um, yeah. But I prefer an offence, so that's what I'm going to look at. Um, I think Bobby Slowick's where I'm putting my vote.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, you. I like the look of Jim Schwartz, purely because that Browns defense was scary. Miles Garrett and, and the players around him, you know, they had that locked down. And I think at one point they were the best defense in the NFL. Um, yeah. I think Todd Munkin, um, offensive of the, of the Ravens, you know, the Ravens were outscoring teams massively by... The amount of times we looked at it, and they were forty points up or something. Um, you know, that's a huge credit to them. Um, it's tough. It is really tough. I, and I am a sucker for the Lions. Um, I think for me, for me, it's a shootout between the Texans and the Browns. Um, I would like the Texans to get it, but I think the Browns, just because of how strong and dominant they were on defense, I think Jim Schwartz gets it. So I'm going to go him. Yeah. Nice. And you're going uh, Bobby Slowick. Yeah. Cool. There we have it. Well, we can find out on the next episode, um, which will be um, a recap of the Super Bowl itself. And then we'll have a look at the winners and our previous um, guesses, I assume. I don't think we guessed uh, assistant coach. So that's probably one we can just discount and we'll take it on face value um yeah but uh yeah it's it's interesting um as mentioned next episode will be the super bowl so that is this weekend tune in um Ooh. have a look have a watch um yeah i don't think there's anything else for me if there is from you
1: no you you mentioned it earlier obviously in this off season there's bits that we've kind of put on the back burner that we'll revisit as soon as we can um there's just some more you know there's a lot to talk about we've only got a certain amount of time in the day um so we will revisit all the staff movements and hirings and firings and anything we'll just recap all of that in the off season um and then yeah we'll start again
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah cool well Nothing um else yeah if you're uh as always if you're a returning listener thank you very much for joining us again if you're a new listener thank you very much for choosing to listen to us and we hope you do come back soon uh we're almost at the end guys stick with us this is almost the end of our first season on this podcast uh it's been a fun journey and as adam mentioned we'll be doing it all again very soon uh we'll uh, we'll speak to you soon take care